And as always, we'd like to thank our partners, Firebird Rising and the beautiful game network, BGN. You can go to their websites to see more of their content at firebirdrising.coreair, that's K-O-R-R-A-I-R.com, or at bgn.fm. And let's get to the show. Welcome to this week's edition of Rising as One Podcast. This is Matthew Trainer here with our special guest today, Kyle Kepner. For you, uh, most of you guys may know Kyle. He is the owner and publisher of Firebird Rising, as well as a contributor at Soccer Nation and co-hosts a weekly podcast, The USL Show. How's it going, everybody? Sorry you're stuck with me today. They uh, scraped the bottom of the barrel, and it turns out I was available. So, <laughs> um, For those that... Uh, been listening regularly you know that uh, Dominic is uh, going to be gone for the next two weeks he's out uh, traveling the world um, I just got back so now it's his turn and um, Jeff is unable to make it this week due, some, due to uh, family function so uh, this week you get Kyle and myself lucky you guys lucky. all right Kyle so um, I guess let's get dive into this about last night's result oh man um, do we have to uh, unfortunately I was hoping do. to that talk was, about uh, I was hoping we could talk about fun things, you know, like sandwiches and travel. Yeah, I think anything, even politics, might be better discussion right now than this. <laughs> it's a it's well, a close range, that's for sure. It's that's a yeah, it's a close one, that's for sure. <laughs> um, so for for those that did not watch the match or were unable to attend, um, congratulations, you, you win. Some time, <laughs> yes, you are the winner, uh, Dominic. You you lucked out this week. Um, Phoenix lost to uh, Reno 4-0. Um, it just was ugly right from the gate. Um, I mean, all I guess I can say is Dane Kelly and lack of defense um, from Phoenix Rising. Um, so we'll just start off here with the scoreline. Dane Kelly, I mean, he had his hat trick. He's the leads the USL in goals of all time now at 53 goals after last night. Um, started off with a goal at the second minute the 6th minute, and the 66th minute. And that does not include the multiple opportunities that he had in between the 6th minute and 66th minute. Um, and then there was another goal by Ween in the 76th minute. Um, Phoenix did have a couple opportunities, um, not too many. Uh, Cortez had a free kick in the 8th minute that was really, really good, uh, good shot, good look. Um, it was it was blocked, um, and then uh, Rigi in the 38th minute had another opportunity. Um, Kyle, uh, what what were your thoughts on on the match um, last night? Right from the get go, uh, the biggest thing I can say is that Reno was running hard and running fast. They they looked like a bunch of energetic kids playing against a bunch of disinterested old old men. Um, and that's not to say that there weren't flashes from, from Phoenix. Uh, Rooney and Rigi in particular were running hard throughout, uh, Chris Cortez especially. Um, Bravo was absolutely invisible for large stretches of the match. 
Um, you know, it's it's hard for me to say whether that's whether that's just his game because when the when the team has been doing well, I haven't put put him under too much scrutiny. But it was interesting to me to see how very very little he would move unless it looked like the ball was coming right to him. So that was a little bit disappointing to see. He didn't put a lot of pressure on the defense to cover his movements at all. Um, the opening, yeah, it's, yeah, go ahead. I would say it's it's funny you mentioned that. Um, <clears throat> I was sitting in the supporter section last night, as I am every week, um, and there were some comments about that. Omar Bravo just he wasn't there. He just wasn't he wasn't chasing after the balls. Uh, now, I mean, in his defense, you know, there were a few that were just there was no chance he was going to catch them. Uh, but there were there were some that he could have hustled and and got and you know kept the ball alive. Um, but yeah, it's just. Um, you can hear the rumblings in the in the stands about Bravo, and uh, you know we're after the fifth match here. Still haven't seen a goal from him. He's only had five sh- or four shots so far, only one of which have been on target. Um, so um, there's also some talks online, you know, Twitter, the talk pages, and all that about Bravo. Is is it time to give somebody else a, another opportunity? Let him. Take you know, sit on the bench for a little bit. I, I don't know what your take is on that. Does he really have zero goals in the season? Zero goals. Yep. Yeah. No goals, and that which is surprising um, for me. You know, somebody of that, a player of that caliber. I mean, he's you know played in Liga MX, um, Chivas all-time score leader. Um, you know, played on the international level for Mexico. It, you'd, you would expect to to have had a goal by now. You know, Here, here's what I from him. Here's what I see from him in general. Yes, he's uh, yes, he's one of the oldest players on the team. Um, and yes, I have this problem with the way he was moving last night. But in general, his vast experience and experience at a high level brings some intangibles that I think will continue to solidify his place in the starting lineup. His ability to place the ball where it needs to go. His his passing is crisp. It's intuitive. Um, it, it reminds me a bit of uh, Cuauhtémoc Blanco playing in, in Chicago when he would put his team in position to succeed and or score by himself, and you'd just say, how did he do that? He wasn't doing anything. And I see that. I see those same kind of qualities from Bravo. Uh, whether he himself gets on the score sheet soon or not, I don't know. Uh I'm not willing to pull the plug on him yet, though, just because of how how technically sound he still is. Um, but I, I would like to see more movement out of him, and perhaps it was a perhaps it was just a, a down night for him. He wasn't he wasn't feeling it. Maybe those first two goals took the wind out of his sails, and he wasn't he wasn't ready to go anymore. I I don't I'll never know, but um, yeah, but yeah, we want to see more out of him. But I don't think it's I don't think it's his time to sit out yet. Yep, I'm in agreement there with you. I think uh, kind of let this play out a little bit and you know see what he's see what he's capable of. Um, so, yep, I'm definitely in agreement there with you. To be fair, there was a on offense, the team did not look bad um, in, in the early going, but those those first two goals were pretty freak occurrences that took the wind out of everybody's sails. Um, I believe the first one was off of a uh, a goal kick from Reno's Matt Persano, who interestingly is a, a Valley product, uh, 
Corner Del Sol High School, uh, we all saw Lake Academy in Casa Grande. He puts a goal kick deep that, um, or sorry, it was a free kick off on an offside. He puts the free kick deep. Um, it's not cleared away, and it falls to Dane Kelly, who just beats Peter Ramage in a foot race to some space in front of the 18 and, and fires it past Cohen. That's there's not a heck of a lot you can do that do about that if you're Peter Ramage unless you're just faster than Dane Kelly. Um, so credit to Dane Kelly. Uh, he's a, a high-level goal scorer in this league. The second one I had a bit more of a problem with it just because of the the way that it went down. Rigi was trying to find some space on the wing. Um, he sends a he sends a little square into uh, into Sean Wright Phillips who immediately had a man on him. Wright Phillips tries to one-time it to Matt Watson, but it goes way wide, and he hits Reno's uh, Brian Brown, who turns and immediately attracts everybody's attention. And Dane Kelly, again, the all-time leading goal scorer of USL, is all by himself. And Brown finds him, and Kelly just buries another one. And, you know, I'm not I'm not much of a tactician. I'm not going to say where, where Peter Ramage should have been or shouldn't have been. But you'll notice on the replay, A.J. Gray, um, I don't know if he was thinking he was going to make a run in this instance or what, but um, playing awfully high in this instance, I don't know. I would have liked to see him available to help contain uh, Dane Kelly, who, again, is probably a step faster than Peter Ramage. Um, you know, Jordan Stewart tried to close down the play as well. It just wasn't enough, so... That one, I would like to see some work put into how they handle that situation. But um, again, after that, it's it's tough to know what to do. Your whole your whole plan changes. You're down two nothing in the sixth minute. Yeah, definitely changes your strategy there. And um, you know, that's one other thing I was thinking is uh, you know with Wakasa out this week, uh, you know, would this have results happen the way it did? I don't know. Uh, I mean. AJ Green, AJ Gray, um, is just as capable, I think, you know, so I think it's, um, just was a off day for, for the whole, um, uh, whole defense, you know, the midfield and backfield last night to me just kind of, um, looked like they were out of sync, you know, um, gave up a lot of passes and, um, you know, formation, uh, USL has them listed as a four, one, two, one, two. Um, but I, I think it was more of a four-one-three-two at times. But uh, you know, they kind of were scattered all over the place, in my opinion. Um, that's probably that's, just a mistake on the opt end. I'm pretty sure that they were told it was yeah. a four-one, four-one-three-two. As yeah, that's what I confirmed with Jeff. Um, yeah, it was a four-one-three-two. Um, you know, I I don't know. I'd like to maybe see in one of these upcoming matches, maybe just go to the old four-four-two um formation you know and uh you know i don't know how big of an impact that that really had you know if they would have had a different formation if uh, you know if everybody's out of sync that's you're still gonna have the same result you know it certainly it certainly felt like we needed more behind the ball last night uh yeah the thing i don't like about a 442 is it doesn't do much to exploit the value of luke rooney um He's a. I don't want to see him with the same kinds of responsibilities through the middle as Matt Watson. Yeah. Um, 
So that's a good point so there. I yeah. won't. So I, I won't second guess the the formation choice at all. It was just a, a tough night overall. Um, I, yeah. won't, I won't claim to see what what Matt Watson was doing with his time. If I look at the heat map though, um, he was he was in some good positions. He spent a lot of time in the middle of the park. Um, and uh, defending to the left and the right of the center. Um, he even got up into an attacking position on the left uh, quite a bit. So he covered a lot of ground. Maybe maybe in retrospect we'd like to see him hang back a little bit more. But, again, there was those first two goals were pretty freak. And then, you know. Yeah, it changes your strategy at that point, right? right? So, you, almost, yeah. you almost can't. You almost expect to go down another two while you're while you're trying to attack and get back in the game. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how bad we how bad we beat this one. Uh, Post game comments. Yeah. Rambo Peter Ramage was absolutely contrite. He he just kept saying that the team had let down Coach Chance in his in his first game. They'd let down the fans. Um, he just felt awful and was committed to getting back out there this morning. In fact, he said they were going to be coming out the next morning to practice and um, figure out what went wrong. And uh, you know, and Chance, for his part, was was also of the same mind. He said, you know, it was just a it was just a terrible effort all around. We're going to look at it and, and see what we can do differently. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, talking about Shantz here, this is his first match as a head coach, uh, first, uh, you know, regular season match as a head coach anyways. Um, I don't know that you can put the blame on him for any of this. Like you said, it was just a a bad night all around. You know, I I don't know if Yallop was still here, if we would have had the same results, maybe, you know. Um, I didn't didn't hear much rambling about that, so that's good. You know, I think you you can't jump to that conclusion conclusion this quickly you know yeah certainly you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna have off nights you know and unfortunately it was a very off night you know with uh with any change and there have been a couple of changes lately you could you could attribute a uh, a mental hangover to yallop leaving but no i don't think i don't think uh the strategy implemented by Chance, which, by the way, by his own admission and all the players' admission, is pretty much the same as what Frank was doing. Um, it's 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 almost impossible yeah, there, to, to lay any of this uh, on Coach Chance. Yeah, um, yeah there wasn't much change. I, I didn't see as far as the lineup and formation um, strategy-wise, you know, uh, compared to the previous match, you know, with the, with the exception of uh, Wakasa being out because of the red card suspension. But... Uh, other than that, it seemed like the strategy was pretty much the same, and it had been working. But uh, uh, there's one factor: there was Dane Kelly. You know, he's forced to be reckoned with, um, and he he took took it. You know, saw the the weakness and took advantage of some key opportunities and, and made Phoenix pay for it. He was feeling it. There's no doubt. And uh, the early lead just energized the guys around him these are this is a team if you haven't been following reno's season uh they had been uh, zero wins three losses and two ties coming in uh, their most recent game was two weeks ago the same weekend we played swope rangers uh reno was at home 
They were up 2-1 to one for the better part of the second half against Colorado Springs. The fans are loving it. They're getting ready to celebrate their very first victory at home in front of the fans. Things are great. Stoppage time comes around, and Shane Malcolm of Colorado Springs just buries one and buries all of the fans with it. Uh, it was a huge letdown for them. And the you know, having talked to a couple of Reno players and their head coach after the game, like you could just see the the monkey off their back, and they and they were starting to feel it in that sixth minute, um, just showing showing the skill that they have. This is a very talented roster. Um, Antoine Hopeno has been productive in this league for several years now. Uh, Kip Coley, the uh, New Zealand national teamer. Uh, Jimmy Oxford, who's been around American soccer for a long time. Uh, Jackson Yule, who was a, a high, high draft pick by the San, San Jose Earthquakes this year. Um, and then, of course, you got you got Dane Kelly. So really can't say enough about how much talent they have on this roster and just <laughs> just finally put it together. And it sucks for, for Phoenix fans to lose to a team that hadn't won yet. Um in such a fashion, but it would be wrong to yeah. take away from what Reno has on the field. It's a it's a pretty special bunch, and I'm happy for them. Yeah, it's um, you know, I I think uh, most of the disappointment from the Phoenix fans is just uh, you know, we're finally seem to get you know we had things ironed out. We won you know two matches in a row, L.A. and then uh, Swope Park. And I think uh, a lot of people, myself included, just kind of thought this was just, you know, going to be a slam dunk win. Um, it sure did but, look like they were in position to, yeah. uh, if not run the table, then just continue to flex their muscles throughout. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the. Yeah, the, certainly. Because uh, Swope, Swope Park is probably a more talented team than Reno and. They had had good results going into their game against Phoenix. Um, so to go up on them 4-0 was very, very exciting. Um, granted, they didn't have a couple of their more explosive players on the field at the, at the start, uh, Carlton Belmar among them. But but still, to, to put on such a display against them and really only give up two, uh, only give up one goal when it was 11 v 11, and that was on the yeah. on the penalty. You had you started to think that okay, Phoenix has put together a, a situation where they're going to be very very difficult to beat. Um, and as it turns out, that was the case. They managed to beat themselves. If we're completely honest. Yes. Yep. Agree with you there. So everybody, go ahead and write that um, down. The only the only team that can beat Phoenix right now is uh, Phoenix. <laughs> you heard it here first, guy. Everybody. Um, so. You know, throughout the match, it uh, like you said, those those first two quick goals just really took the took the air out of everybody and just kind of killed the mood a little bit. I mean, in the supporter section, everybody was still cheering on the boys and you know still had a lively atmosphere. But uh, throughout the match, I would say there was one play where I recall everybody being you know super excited and showed a little bit of life. Um, this happened around the forty fourth minute. Um, Oh, yeah. I believe it was Dane Kelly who even he took the shot. Cohen blocked it. It was Brian Brown actually. Um, yeah, Brian Brown. Okay, that's right. Yep. Yeah, and then uh, so Cohen he left the net exposed because uh, he you know blocking the other shot and um, 
Brown shoots it again, and Stewart, man, with that big save, uh, that was that was awesome. I, I was you know excited to see see that level of play. Um, you know, yeah. wish maybe he had been there at the beginning of the match doing something similar <laughs> to that. You know, but uh, <laughs> anybody who missed it, go back you know, and check out the replay. Jordan Stewart comes flying awesome. through the air. He's he's in midair, basically on his backside, and makes a foot save in midair. It was it's pretty special. I think yeah, I, it was awesome. I turned to uh, one of the Phoenix Rising interns and I said, hey, it's, "I hope that's on the Sports Center top ten because that was <laughs> that was a lot of fun." Yeah, and if you uh, you know anybody who's listening here during the the matches, if you you follow uh, Firebird Rising Twitter, um, there's usually some pretty instant re- uh, quick uh, replays, and um, so just go through the Firebird Rising Twitter at Firebird site. And uh, check out some of these replays, and you'll be able to see Stewart save there in the 44th minute. Um, it, was, it was it was awesome. Um, so there, you know, there were some good some positives from last night. Not not a lot, but a, but a couple. Um, so you know, now we look forward to next week's match uh, next uh, Saturday, I believe, against Oklahoma City. Um, Oklahoma City was on a bye week this weekend here. Uh, previous uh, last the last week they played uh, Rio Grande Valley and lost three three to nothing. Um, I guess surprisingly down year for them so far. Yeah, uh, had a couple of tough breaks. Uh, um, you know, I don't I don't know how do you, how do you look see them coming in next week into Phoenix? Uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know after this week if anything's a sure sure win. You know, Oklahoma City is down at the bottom of the table as well. Um, so was Reno. Um, so I think at this point you have to take everybody seriously um, coming in. You really do. Uh, and your uh, thoughts on and anybody who remembers this is just this is anecdotal. There's not a lot you can do to prepare for this. But anybody who remembers the again the Sports Center top ten winning goal by oh, yeah. Oklahoma City a few weeks ago against Sacramento. Um, Oklahoma City's Michael Harris has been practicing for several years the uh, flip throw, which we all think looks pretty ridiculous when a 13-year-old does it, and you kind of groan and go, oh, this this again. But uh, this has been used to pretty substantial uh, results for Oklahoma City. Um, Go back and find it. It won't be difficult to find if you Google it. Uh, Michael Harris flip through from about midfield, a Sacramento player tried to clear it with a header, but instead it fell right into the middle of the box to OKC's uh, Miguel Gonzalez, who uh, biked it right into the upper 90, and boy, was it special. Yeah, that was awesome. And I'm not saying that's going to happen with any kind of regularity, but you got to pay attention to that long throw, and they're... <sighs> that was one of their big problems last night, was being caught unawares. Uh, the third goal, was it... I don't remember if it, was, if it was a third or fourth goal last night. Just some really kind of lazy passing at the back, and then it was intercepted, and yeah, and Reno got got that goal that way. There's going to be no room for that against Oklahoma City, who also will be probably the younger, more energetic side. So um, really want to watch out for that. And it, and again, probably in a similar situation of feeling like they don't have much to lose, I think they're going to come out swinging. And Jimmy Jimmy Nielsen is an absolute consummate competitor. He cannot be happy with the way that his team has performed so far this year. And having a couple of weeks to brood on their 
three uh, nothing defeat down in Rio Grande Valley, they'll come out swimming. Yeah, yep, that's a good point. And then, uh, you know, as far as Phoenix Rising for next week, do you foresee any changes in the lineup um, strategy? I mean, in my opinion, I, I think they'll probably keep it keep it consistent as what they have been the past few weeks. Um, you know, maybe the only exception is uh, put Wakasa back in. Um, yeah, yeah, I see Wakasa you know, coming back done, Yeah, so I think, uh, in my opinion, other than that, I think they'll pro- we'll probably see a pretty similar strategy and and uh, starting lineup and as and such. Uh, what's your thoughts on that? So near as I can see, Eric Avila was a um, who new to the team about a week and a half ago. He was a he was an able substitute for Rooney in the 60th minute. I don't I didn't see enough of him to know what his uh, what his role will be going forward. If he's going to continue to be a um, if he's going to continue to come off as a as a sub, um, it would be strange I think to see anybody unseat Rooney as a starter at this point so I wonder if perhaps Avila's um, auditioning for Watson's role or some sort of a uh, diamond midfield Um, I don't know we did not see let's see who else was on the bench uh Romilo Hernandez was on the bench, didn't play. We didn't see um, Eder Ariola or the um, uh, Gibbons, I believe, is the, the third signing from from a couple weeks ago. So yeah. I don't know what those players' roles will be, but I'm with you. I don't see any wholesale changes after this week. Again, we're not. It's so difficult to say. Well, any one player, you know, was just he was awful, and this is the reason we lost the game. It's not. Yeah, it was a, it was a team, you know, as a team. It wasn't an individual player that that lost it. You know, they just, um, just weren't were, they were off last night all all around, um, midfield back, you know, back line all, you know. So, um, yeah. So then uh, next match is uh, against OKC Energy Saturday at seven thirty here in Scottsdale. Um, That's about all I have um, to, you know, discuss for next week. Um, I don't know. Do you have any final thoughts on what you've seen and, you know, the direction of the team or maybe um, anything uh, off the field as far as, uh, you know, supporter section or ownership group? Um, I mean, there's a little bit of news this week um, that the ownership group has uh, secured uh, Goldman Sachs, I believe, for the financing um partner with the uh, stadium if they do receive the MLS bid. Um, so that's, that's, uh, uh, exciting. And there's always, uh, another, you know, box to check off on the list for Phoenix, you know, I guess I wasn't excited about it because I, it felt like we already knew. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's kind of like, um, it's kind of like when your rich uncle calls up and says, Hey, by the way, I'm going to be using Goldman Sachs as a bank. And you're like, um, oh, okay. <laughs> Yeah, cool. No, I don't care where it comes from. We know you have yeah. it, right? Right, so, right. Um, yeah, no, that's a good point. But yeah, just um, it was it was cool to see. Um, saw uh, Dave Rappaport at the game last night. Um, he was in the he was in the supporter section for parts parts of the game, and um, you know, 
this is a guy who cares very, very deeply about the team, and he's really involved in the supporters and making sure that um, that they know what is expected of them, and that they know he knows what they expect from the team. And it's just a it's a great it's a great relationship. I can tell. Uh, and now having their having their very own stadium where they can make the rules that make sense for everybody. Um, you know, they don't have to fight with Peoria or Scottsdale or anything like that. It's a neat, uh, it's a neat dynamic to see that them, see them be able to uh, take the team to where they, the, the place that they want to go together. So that's, that was kind of my big takeaway from last night is, you know, through all the, through all the garbage on the field and it's, it's one game uh, still fairly early in the season, you know, we're recording this on, on Sunday, the day after the game. So yeah, it still stings, but, uh, you know, the, the things that matter, the long-term things, are all positive right now, as far as I'm concerned. Yep. Yeah, it's uh, definitely important. I think uh, the ownership group is pretty strong, and just the, the level of interaction with the fans, whether you're a full diehard supporter fan or if you're just a casual, you know, you've been to a match, one match this season or two matches. I mean, there's, there's a high level of interaction, and I think that's... Uh, a good takeaway from your point there. It's uh, something positive to see, and, and uh, yeah, you, you know, as you also mentioned, this this is we're recording on Sunday, so yeah, a little little salty still from <laughs> last night's results, but uh, <laughs> um, you know, the, the ship's not sinking. You know, it's it's early on, and you know, just kind of kind of got to look forward and uh, just take it week by week, and uh, you know, if they they put in a lot of effort, which they do, and um, work hard, do the training, and correct some of the issues that they had this past week. I think uh, you know we should see a completely different result next week against Oklahoma City. You know, one thing um, we didn't even but, talk about. We didn't talk about Drogba. What's that? We did not talk about Drogba. Yeah, that's. Uh, <laughs> I know that's. Uh, <laughs> everybody's talking about that. So um, yeah, maybe we should uh, touch on that. Um, uh, you know, I wasn't surprised not to see him yet. Uh, dressed up yeah um i think you know my opinion is maybe here in a couple weeks might start seeing him getting a little bit of more playing time and kind of um you know ease back into it i i don't know what uh what's your thought or whatever what did you hear post game comments on that yeah so um jeff jeff went uh had a good talk with coach chance on i believe it was friday morning and and coach said something to the effect of we probably won't see him on on Saturday night possibly against OKC um, but then last night after the game he kind of expanded a little bit and said that um, you know Drago was treating his arrival here like the beginning of any preseason he's got a quote four to six week plan but then he just chuckled and, and you can go back and watch this on the uh, I believe the the team has video of the of the comments last night, and he just chuckles and he says, "But hey, you know he's Didier Drogba. You never know." <laughs> because he has that kind of he has that kind of quality, like we were talking about, like you know, a Bravo, for instance, you know, turned up a notch. His his touch and his finishing, it's all going to be absolutely clinical, amazing for this level. Um, so maybe he can afford to stand wherever he wants. It's just like. It's just like if you've ever been beaten by an 80-year-old at uh, racquetball, 
<laughs> Sorry, this is a, a personal experience of mine. When I was yeah. <laughs> when I was when I was young and virile and and strong, um, you know, I liked to play racquetball with friends. I wasn't very good at it, um, but I was athletic, and I, you know, I just remember being absolutely destroyed by an eighty-year-old professor. Uh, who hardly had to move at all because he could just put the ball wherever he wanted it, and that's the kind of thing I'm looking for from Drogba. He's not gonna, he's not gonna beat anybody in a foot race. Um, he, he shouldn't even try. He should just do what he's done so well um, throughout his career mm-hmm. and and make, uh, you know, younger, less skillful players look silly. And that, I think that's yeah. I think that's the best that we can hope for, and we'll get there when he's ready. Yeah, well, that's a good point. See more of the methodical approach to things instead of uh, trying to run with the twenty-year-olds and, and such. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, you know, we'll just time will have to tell when we when we see Drogba out on the field. So, uh, hopefully, within the next few weeks, so we'll start seeing a little bit of playing time there. And I know uh, a lot of fans are anxious to see that. So it was fun to catch a glimpse of him at training in one of the videos that the club put up on Twitter the other day. Um, I can't remember if it was the same video that Jose got uh, bowled over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did catch that. That was awesome. Yeah, hopefully, uh, yeah, hopefully he recovered from that one pretty quickly. There. <laughs> By the I way, like, fans, I like the video feed of that. I, I have heard from more than one owner across the league that uh, Mr. Jose Bosch is the uh, best social media man in USL. So, um, please, please make yeah, sure I'd... make sure you're following him on Twitter, and uh, as well as the all the Phoenix Rising accounts. Yeah, I don't think anybody would disagree with you there. He does a phenomenal job with the social media and getting getting content out there and interaction as well. Yeah. Very good. Well, I think um, I think that'll do it for this week's uh, edition of uh, Rising as One podcast. Um, as always. Um, if you have any questions for us, feel free to, to drop us a line on Twitter at RisingPod. Or if uh, you know if you have something a little more personal you want to say, feel free to email that to us at RisingPod at gmail.com. Um, and as always, uh, we'd like to thank our sponsors, um, Firebird Rising um, and the BGN.FM. Um, and again, uh, let's thank Kyle Kepner for uh, taking some time out of his day to uh, join this uh, Rising as One podcast. Thank you, Kyle. I appreciate it, Matt. It was fun. Yep. All right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.